Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Phil Pooley. How you doing everyone, alright? Smile at me. Don't worry, it's not for your benefit, it's mine. The bigger the smile, the slower my heart rate. It's quite different, you're up here, you're leading services and stuff. When it comes to like sharing the message, it just changes everything. It's kind of like very much out of my comfort zone. But um, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Phil. I'm part of the staff here. Colin and I lead the congregation here with Pastor Clive. And it's great to be with you this morning. And I mean that. Right, so we are in our final week of our Just Do It series. Um, uh, Don't believe we've copyrighted it from Nike, but don't tell anyone. I don't want to be paying the fine. Um, So I just want to recap a little bit about where we've been at. But I just want to start with our key focus scripture. You don't have to turn there. Let's just listen up. And it comes from Colossians 4, and it's verses 2 to 6. And it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. That basically means those who aren't Christians. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone it's great scripture if you cast your mind back Andy Elms kicked us off and he was talking about asking a question like first of all he said like show an interest in the person and ask them the question so who do you think Jesus is and Pastor Colin brought a similar question in his own way about what do you think a Christian is great questions to ask in order to begin a conversation perhaps maybe in the context of someone that you don't know very well that you've just met Sandwiched between those weeks, we have Pastor Clive who interviewed Matt and Rowan Hellier. They were also overseas mission workers in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Do you remember that one? And they were talking and sharing about what it's like to live in a foreign country and love people, part of a, a different culture and a different language. And Clive also touched upon a really, really key area, which I want to come uh, back to a little bit later on, about the role that prayer plays in releasing the salvation purposes of God. And he talked about praying for the one praying for households, praying for our 25-mile radius and our nation. Yeah? Okay. And then he gave us the mustard seeds. Do you remember he gave us the mustard seeds for faith? Okay. But also he touched upon the role that prayer plays as a motivation in our hearts. Motivation to pray, motivation to witness, and to reach out. But I'm going to touch on that later. And the very great Colin spoke to us last week. And I guess I would sum it up in what he shared with us is, have a go, just do it. I hope you don't just remember his cheesy Christian chat-up lines from last week. Yeah, I thought that might get a laugh. I thought they were quite funny. Only you could pull them off, Colin. But um, he, he was just saying, don't, don't kick yourself by not having a go, sharing your, sharing your testimony, sharing your story. Uh, better to have a go than to regret it later. And as part of that, he got us to practice giving our testimonies, didn't he, in three minutes. How did we get on with that? How did we find it? Did we find it difficult? Did we struggle with our language? Did we run out of time, perhaps? Bit of feedback? Run out of time. Run out of time. Okay, okay. But what Colin, in essence, was saying and encouraging us to do, it's our story. Share it. Practice it. That's what me, you know, being ready means and looks like. And he was 
encouraging us as well to think about it in this way. Have a beginning, have a middle, have an end, and try to answer the question of what God has done for you threaded all the way through that story and to get it to focus on Jesus. Now, yes, we know the church is great and the church plays a massive role, but let's make the story really focused on Jesus. He is the one who's made the difference to our lives. Amen. I know when I was doing that, I was doing it with Annie and Gary Gibbons. And three minutes is quite a short time. And I was thinking about this, and we were chatting at the Monday night at the marriage course. Shameless plug there, should do the marriage course. Woo. Um, and, uh, and I said, well, do you know what? I actually have a few different versions, and I would really encourage you to practice a few different versions. Do you want to hear some of my I'm not going to tell you the versions, but I'll describe them. So the first version you might have is what I call your supermarket checkout version. So you've got like one minute. You just want to make an impact instantly to the person. Just say something encouraging, say something to them in that moment. Maybe appreciation or showing love, expressing the love of God. Just you've got that one minute. And then next you have what I call your water cooler version. Maybe that's three minutes. You're at work, you're making a drink, you're just chatting with a colleague and you can just tell a little bit what you've been up to at the weekend or what God's done for you. Or in my case, if I'm at the gym, I might have just a three minute window to share something about what God has done in my life. Then you have your bus ride version, right? So you've got 10 minutes. You can go to a little bit longer and a bit of to and fro in and, you know, it's a bit more of a conversation flow. And finally, you have your aeroplane version, which is you know, you know, what I call the no escape version. You sat next to me for four hours, so buckle up, you're in for a ride. But I guess the point is make sure you know your story and to practice it. Okay, so today... I mean, to be honest, it fits in really well with what Dave's sharing or what Jamal shared. We are on a mission from God. And I'm not quoting the Blues Brothers. We are on a mission with God and for God. Okay. And is it off? I'm just really honest with you. To be honest, I don't really know how to be any other way. And look, I don't feel qualified to teach or preach on this. I really don't. Um, And as I was praying and preparing... I was like, God, how do I do this? And he goes, just share your heart. Just be honest. Just be vulnerable. Just tell them what you've learned along the way, and I'll I'll make sure they get something from it. So that's what I'm going to do. And I really hope that you get something from it. I... I am, I'm not qualified, in, honestly, I'm not qualified, I am not the finished article, but I can share a little bit about what God's done in me along the way of learning how to share my faith and witness. I'm going to leave the top off in the hope that I don't kick it over, otherwise it's going to be more pantomime than sharing. <laughs> if you are a Christian in this room, we all know that we have a personal responsibility to witness or to evangelise, you know, personal responsibility to evangelism. And to a lot of us, that's quite a scary word, right? I know there is the odd person here that gets genuinely excited about it, but I'm not one of those, and you might not be either. But the truth of the matter is there's no escape that there is a responsibility for us as believers to share our faith. And just being honest with you, I've not always found that easy. I really haven't. I know you might know me, but Phil, you know, you're really outgoing, you love people, you love chatting, and all the rest of it. And all those things are true. But when it came to witnessing and sharing my faith, I don't know, I just kind of felt awkward. You know, I was really just conscious of how the person might react or how they might respond to me, how it might affect the relationship. You know, anybody else ever felt like that? You know, and, you know, especially if the person, I knew the person, they were a friend or an acquaintance. I just didn't know how they would respond. And in my head, I'd almost talk myself out of doing anything. Anybody ever been there? But I heard something that I found incredibly helpful. 
And it was in the context of a musician or someone who wrote songs, okay? Now, if you are learning to play an instrument, if, let's just imagine the strings of an instrument, you're playing the violin or the guitar or the piano or anything like that, putting your hands in the right place needs to become second nature. It needs to become natural to you. And this person was describing writing worship songs. And they said, every single day, I make the effort of writing lyrics. No matter how rubbish they might seem, whether I have a harmony or a melody or whatever, I just make it a habit of writing something down every day and it becomes easier and easier, more and more natural, and then the words and the lyrics flow. And it's just like that musician who's practicing, it become second nature and natural to us. I believe that applies with sharing our faith. Okay. Now for me, the first step was getting over the hurdle of knowing it was something that I ought to do to something that I wanted to do and even enjoy doing. Is anybody there this morning at that stage in their life? And this is where the Holy Spirit plays a major part in doing something in your heart and your life and wanting to share your testimony and seeing people saved. You know, without that starting point of God touching your heart, I honestly believe that sharing your faith or witnessing would always seem difficult or feel like a burden rather than a joy. And I'll be honest with you, I'm still on that journey, and it's certainly not an overnight thing. I wish it was like, I prayed, I met with God, there was this encounter, boom, done. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that for me. Praise God, bless you if it was for you, but for me, it wasn't. It was very much a, a journey. It wasn't an overnight thing in any way. And that journey began with me praying for my family and my loved ones. Anybody use the Win the One cards? We've had them around for a couple of years, and you write the names of the people that you want to reach out to, that you're witnessing to, uh, and, and your family, friends, and stuff like that. So I, it started for me with the Win the One cards, and I would pray for my family every day. I would use the prayer and fasting times of, you know, just praying into that and, and, and reaching out to them and and praying for them. And then we have the first week of every month where we pray into various topics. So we might pray to the nation or to the youth and the children, men, women. And on one of the days, we always pray for our loved ones, our unsaved friends and family. So I pray for them. But I felt God challenged me one day because I'm not local. Well, I'm, I live in Horsham, obviously, but I'm not local originally from Horsham. And none of my family are local. So I could be very happy praying for them, but there wasn't really an outlet for me. And so God challenged me to start praying for people that were local to me, you know, my friends and neighbours and people like that. And so I did. And I prayed for a neighbour who lives opposite to me. And I prayed for a husband of a friend of our family, Karen and mine. And I invited them to Alpha at two separate times. And they both came. And that's where I discovered Alpha. And it's a brilliant resource for them and for me and for us to be trained. But I'll come to that in a little bit. But, you know, as I was praying for them and as I was praying for my family, uh, my, like, it was my brother, my brother-in-law, my father-in-law, the only way that I can describe it is as if, you know, Jesus' mission statement, I have come to seek and save the lost, was deposited in my heart and it did something in me. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's the only way that I can describe it, you know. And, and, and I've just been working with that ever since. Now, um, it's interesting that Dave's been up about getting saved as a kid because Part of my story is that I think I must have been about seven or eight. Most of you have heard of Billy Graham, right? Yeah. So I think I made my first commitment as a child at a life crusade at Crystal Palace Athletic Stadium. Do any of you know where that is? Probably about 30, 35,000 strong. No, nobody took me on as a seven-year-old to get saved. My dad happened to be translating. There was there and I went with him. But somehow I responded and I went forward. 
But you see, I believe that evangelism has changed nowadays. You know, I, it's not a case. I, I'm not aware, certainly, of any crusades that are going on in the UK right now when such and such is in town, you know, Benny Hinn or such and such, and let's bring them along and just get them along to the meeting. I, I, I don't think it works like that anymore. I am convinced that the most effective strategy is the ongoing regular contact with people that are in our sphere of influence. Our relationships, basically. Our friends, our neighbours, our colleagues, the people that we come into contact day in, day out. I don't know about you, but when I look out into the world and I see the news or have conversations and stuff, the world is an ever-increasingly sceptical place. And it's full of opinions, you know? And everybody, pretty much everybody has an online life, don't they? And with social media and everything else. And all of our online life is controlled at the touch of a button or an airbrush or a filter. And we can project and present whatever we want. But I believe the world is crying out for authenticity, you know? An authenticity that is seen not by what we do on an online digital tablet or indeed written on ink or paper or even written on tablets of stone, but the work and the activity of the Holy Spirit in my life and in your life. I believe people are crying out for that. When Colin brought his message last week, he actually used some stats from, uh, I believe it was conducted, as a survey conducted by the Evangelical Alliance right across the country. And one of the stats that really struck me was this. 67% of non-Christian adults in the UK know a practicing Christian. Someone like you and me. And of those 67%, over three quarters, it was a friend or a family member. That's quite a close relationship. That is a direct access to that person's life. And you and I can share our story about what Jesus has done to them. Because that's what it is. We can bear witness to the difference that Jesus has made to our lives. And that's what I love about the gospel. The Bible describes it as the mystery of the gospel. You know, it looks different. It tastes different. It feels different to different people. You know, to one, it might look like help. To another, it might have looked like healing. To another one, it might have looked like deliverance or salvation or provision or whatever. But that is just what it is. It's your story. It's my story. And we can practice telling it and give glory to Jesus about the difference that he's made in our lives. Amen. And it's, it's great, to be honest, it, feel, it feels like it's been very much set up with what Dave shared, even with like Fraser's thing about, you know, giving your story. Like, let's give glory to God. Let's bless the other congregations around us with telling our story. And, you know, it is quite simply just a message of a love story of Jesus to the world. God is love. And if you don't know Jesus today, that is the fundamental message that I would like you to take away. God loves you. God's interested in you. He's interested in your life. God's not mad at you. He loves you. The Bible describes God as love. And God so loved the world that he sent his son. There was an action to God's love. You know? And I believe, and I'm convinced, that we are here to reveal the love of Jesus to people. If we don't show a genuine interest in them, I think they will just see straight through it. I really believe that. You know? And so how do we communicate that love? How do we communicate it with authenticity, that we're genuine in our love and concern for people? Well, one of the ways that I found uh, to do that is to find ways to connect with people. I don't know whether you're into sports or anything like that. I know Colin goes climbing, so hobbies are great. You might be part of a football team or a netball team. You know, I go to the gym. And get into people's lives. 
Eat with him, hang out with him, go for a curry. You know, one of the things that like, my, my Karen does is if you've got that season of life where you've got young kids or family or something like that, arrange a play date. I, the, the point is it doesn't really matter what you do, just get into their life and allow you to come into to theirs. And just on that, yes, we need to practice having our story, but I would also just encourage you, there's huge value in having answers to the kind of the basic questions that you might be confronted with, you know, what we would call basic apologetics. A few years ago, we did a whole little series on that, how to answer your typical questions around things like suffering and pain in the world. Um, you know, if I'm a good person, will I get to go to heaven or all roads lead to heaven or all, re- all roads are nonsense or religions are nonsense, all those kind of things. And something that Rowan Hellyer shared as part of her interview that really struck a chord with me that I have found to be true is that in sharing your faith and witnessing to people, Don't be worried about disagreeing with them. Your relationship is worth more than that to them, and it should be worth more than that to you. It's okay to disagree, okay? You know, that scripture that we read, it says, speak the truth in love. And I think that really means that how we deliver the message is key. I'm not suggesting that we be forceful or harsh or proud or anything like that. I mean, that's true in whatever context, not just in sharing our faith. But that scripture that we read in 2 Colossians, I'll just read it again to you, says, Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now that's a strange expression, isn't it? To be seasoned with salt. Now salt's been around forever, and I guess the main use that we have these days is predominantly around food. But, um, you know, I think it talks about being full of flavour, being tasty, being gracious... But have you ever noticed that salt sometimes stings? Have you ever got salt in your, if you've got a little cut on the end of your finger or something like that, it stings? Or if you ever had a sore throat and you might gargle salt water or anything like that for healing or cleansing or disinfecting or anything like that? I was just chatting to Andrea Lonestra the other day. Everybody know Andrea, the little Dutch girl? She's down in the Worthing Congregation. She's actually bringing the word today in there. And we were just chatting about salt. And she was telling me this story when she was um, in Israel. And when you're doing an Israel tour, one of your stops is the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea is famous because it's got a really huge high salt content. And she had eczema on her hands. You could probably tell where I'm going with this story. So she's floating in the Dead Sea, as you are, and I'll cut the long story short. And just over time, she started noticing her hands were tingling, and they were getting warmer and warmer and warmer, to the point she was forced to get out of the sea because her hands felt like they were on fire. Absolutely burning. The very next day, they were completely healed of eczema. Amazing, huh? What I would encourage you is win the person, not the argument. Don't be afraid to disagree. That's okay. But win the person, not the argument. Let our speech be seasoned with salt. I mentioned Alpha a little while ago. One of the best things that I've done with is Alpha and invite my friends to Alpha. You know, you hear the gospel presented brilliantly there, right? And you just get to chat and help people out with their questions, and you do it as a team. It's a really relaxed, easygoing uh, environment, event. It's, it's like you basically invite your mate for a free meal and, and have a chat about some of life's questions. It really is that simple. But it's a fantastic way to get trained, as I found along the way. Another thing that I've done that I would really encourage you to is life discovery. How many people have heard of life discovery? A few of you, some of you might be involved. Now, I went there recently, and Life Discovery, as the title suggests, is about living life to the full, and you get to do awesome activities like quad biking and go-karting. You have a fantastic day. And I went along there, 
And I heard the gospel presented there in a brilliant way. I sat around a table, had some food, chatted to some people, got to share my testimony a little bit, heard how they answered questions. It was really, really easy. And the one of the things that they've done, and part of answering the question about having some answers to the typical questions, the Life Discovery guys have taken the time to publish and write resources for the five most common questions that you might come up against. Okay? And they're for free, available at the end of a point today. Grab one after the service. This is what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says in the second half of the verse. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, I believe there's value in me, of course, being able to tell your story, but there is value in being answered to those questions. And there's resources available for us today that we can take away and use. Now, prayer is absolutely central and at the heart of evangelism. Not only in us impacting God and God impacting us so that we're motivated to pray, to reach out, to love, to serve, to have an impact on the world. But how many people know you can't save anyone, I can't save anyone, only the Holy Spirit can save and convict. So we need to work and partner with the Holy Spirit to see opportunities presented. To, like the, like the, to turn the soil, if you like, to prepare the opportunities, to prepare lives. People need revelation to see Jesus for who he is, right? We all needed that at that moment. We can do that by praying for them, okay? And, and something that I found that has really helped me as I've grown in my walk with God is I've just grown to become so thankful to God for all that he's done in my life. Like I am genuinely grateful, appreciative of everything that he is, the relationship I have with him, but the gift that Karen is to me, my children, you guys, my church family, the purpose I've got in my life. You know, that changed the way that I saw others. Because if God exchanged my poverty, my sin, my lack for his riches and did all that for me, then he wants to do that for you and for them. And really, all I am is just a conduit, just a connection point, joining the dots between Jesus and the people. And when you see them in the way that God sees them, it changes everything. You know, people are not evangelistic fodder. They're not notches on our bedpost to get like a scalp or anything like that. Please, 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 just, you're going to do more harm than good if we try to approach it that way. Jesus loves people, and that's what we want to communicate to them. Now, our theme is just do it, right? Now, that's a verb. There's an action. It requires us to do something. That's exactly what Jamal said. God loved, so he gave. We need to love in action. So I have a question for us all this morning. Are we willing to go into other people's world? Or flip the question around a little bit. Are we willing to allow people into our own world? You know, open up our lives, our homes, our families. You know, on my own journey, just being honest again, I realised my life was too sanitised. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let me describe my last week to you, and then you'll get a bit of a picture. Monday night was marriage course. Tuesday night was short courses. Wednesday night, this week, would be impact, or it would be congregation leadership team, or it would be wider church leadership team. Thursday would be worship practice. Friday would be date night. Never forget date night, boys and girls. Um, another marriage course plug. Saturday would be family, Sunday would be church, and repeat. That would be my typical week. Now, I'm not knocking any of those activities, but they're pretty church-centric. But we're called to be in the world, but not of it. How are we going to impact lives if we're only ever together? All right? Now, I mentioned 
about having gone to Life Discovery, and I was reminded of this sanitised life. There was a group of young people who were at Life Discovery, and how shall I describe it? Uh, their language was fruity, you might add. And I'll be honest with you, it shocked me. It shocked me. I am not used to hearing the F word. And I'm not suggesting hearing it on a regular basis is a good thing, but it challenged my mindset to go, well, hold on a minute, who am I here for? What's my life here for? There's no point hiding from the world. We need to be in it, right? In it to win it. One of my guests who came to Alpha after it was finished, and I'm happy to say he, he didn't give his life to the Lord. He was quite adamant in his position, but what have you. He invited me to the pub after Alpha finished. Now, to some of you, that might sound fantastic. But I was like, okay, right, okay, how do I do this? Uh, find time for it. He goes, I'd really like to invite one of my friends. He's got questions for you. Can we carry on the conversation? I'm like, do you know what? Yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, I, I open up my life to say, okay, I'm just a signpost pointed to Jesus. If that's going to help you, then I'm willing to do it, all right? Now, my most recent experience of, of witnessing came uh, with the manager of my gym. It's, I, I quite enjoy going to the gym. I go quite regularly. And I don't know if you guys are a member of a gym, but these day and ages, everybody's just in their zone, right? They've got their headphones on. They're focused. They're doing their own thing. Nobody really chats or interacts, okay? But I made a point of taking my headphones out and starting a conversation with him and just chatting to him over a period of weeks. And one week recently, he just stopped and he just asked me what I did. And Colin and I have a bit of a joke when we get this kind of conversation. We're both on staff here. And you can say, well, I work for a church, but that doesn't really mean anything to anyone. So we, pr- we, we, we mess around and say, well, how about you say, well, I'm a vicar. <laughs> I'm a reverend. You know, I've, I've dared Colin to use the expression, I'm an exorcist. That's a brilliant conversation starter. <laughs> you know, he was telling this story about being at the Halloween party and you've got all these ghouls and ghosts everywhere. And it's like, yeah, I'm an exorcist. That's my day job. Put it this way, it grabs their attention and it's a great conversation starter. Anyway, so I I basically explained briefly a little bit about what God had done in my life and how I ended up in Horsham and how I left the city in banking and swapped computer screens for people and I ended up here. And one thing I did do as well is I didn't try to do too much in one go because I know I'm going to see him again. He wasn't my no escape version. He was my water cooler or a gym version. I gave him three minutes, but it grabbed his attention. And now I can pray that I get another opportunity to strike up a conversation or anybody else that I do. God, give me opportunities to bump into them so I can take the conversation further. And that's something I would encourage us to do. Yes, have your story ready, but be mindful, be sensitive, be open to the prompts of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been there when you're like, you feel like God's just said to like, Go and talk to that person or go and do that for that person. And you convince yourself it was you and you talk yourself out of it. Just do it. Have a go. I believe we can train ourselves to be attentive to the Holy Spirit in those situations. There's a caveat here. I'm not suggesting we go around with the proverbial spiritual crowbar trying to pry open every opportunity. If you do that, you're a bit of a nutcase and you're more likely to put people off. But we can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We've got time for one more story, all very quickly. It's another gym story, but it's not mine. How many people know Shayla, the Italian girl? Uh, We were just chatting around lunch, and she was just telling this story as well. Basically, she went to the gym. I'll sort of shorten it if I can for time. And she noticed that one of the girls there was training, but she wasn't using her arm. So she went up to her and basically asked her a question, is everything okay with your arm? And she's like, oh, no, it's actually my shoulder. I've got sort of really limited range of motion. She offered to pray for her. And the girl was like, yeah, all right. 
So Shayla's like, should we go to the changing room and we can do it there? Okay. She prayed for her. Right? Next week, she comes back. She sees the girls that she prayed for just about to sign a gym class. So Shayla very quickly signs up at the last minute to do the class. Why? So that she'd have an opportunity to chat to the girl. At the end of the class, she goes, how's your shoulder? She goes, do you know what? It's so much better. I'm like 80% there, range of motion. It's amazing. And do you know what Shayla did? She says, can I pray for you again? I believe Jesus wants to heal you completely. And the girl who she offered to pray for said, should we go to the changing room? So off they went. <laughs> she, she knew it. And she prayed for her. And so she says, so you're obviously not from around here. Tell me your story. So Shayla goes, well, I'm Italian and I came to Bible school and this is what Jesus has done for me. And there you go. It's that simple. Okay. Let's find ways to connect with people. As you go about your day in the most ordinary of circumstances and situations, just be mindful of the prompts of the Holy Spirit. Look for opportunities to communicate something of the love of Jesus to somebody. You know what I do? I've got church invites in my car. I've got the God loves you little blue cards in my wallet. Karen, we have smileys by our front door for when the Tesco delivery man comes. We used to give him the church life, you know, the magazine, the brochure. That would start a conversation, okay? Look for ways of just getting people's attention. It might be as simple as making a colleague a cup of coffee to something that's a bit more of a lavish act of generosity of kindness, you know, paying for someone's fuel or paying for their, their restaurant bill. Communicate the love of Jesus. Fill in the blank for your situation, your context, and the relationship you have with that person. But I really do believe that we can train ourselves to, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit. It says that we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. Amen? And that's what it's like to partner with the Holy Spirit. And that's... I guess the message this morning, what is the letter of our lives reading to the world? Does our letter read Jesus? Does it smell like Jesus? Does it taste like Jesus? Is it patient like Jesus? Is it kind like Jesus? I love this scripture in Proverbs eleven thirty. It says this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Starts with our tree of life on display for people to see. They might pick fruit from it. They might get shade from it. But the result is, as people come into contact with our life, is that we're going to win souls. Let's just stand together. I just want to get you to think about a couple of things, you know. We've got a new series starting in August called At The Movies, okay? And it's going to take a central theme, something like forgiveness or redemption or hope or perseverance, and we're going to use movie clips to tell that story, okay? And it's going to be a brilliant opportunity to invite someone to church, evangelistic opportunity. Who could you invite? I've mentioned Alpha a few times, okay? Alpha's starting again in September. Who could you invite? Or why don't you come along and be part of the team if you've got no one to invite? Or the person you invite says no, come and be part of the team. Come and help make it happen. I don't know if Linda Cleland is here. I can't see out there. But massive shout out to Linda Cleland. Last time, Karen and I invited two different guests. They both said yes. Without Linda Cleland babysitting our kids, we couldn't have taken our guests to Alpha. The role that she played was just as much a part of the Alpha team as Karen and I who took people along. Could you do that? That's what it might look like for this time round. Thank you, Linda, if you're out there. We love you and appreciate you. Mentioned about Life Discovery, second Saturday of every month. Go and talk to Eric Coles. Go and talk to Jonathan Crouch. Go and talk to, it's Paul here as well. There's loads of guys in the church to make it happen. Maybe think about it as a small group. Who could we invite? Who could we go, organise a Saturday to go? 
It's all done for you, but there's another opportunity. What about the resources are you going to take to maybe train yourself, inform yourself? Just leave those thoughts with you. Let's just close our eyes. Father, I've shared my heart this morning and I've just poured out and I just pray that somehow something that I've said just is a deposit in everybody's heart here. That they would be encouraged, they would be motivated because of what you have done for them, that they would know in their heart of hearts that they have a story, a story to share about what you have done for them. Father, I pray that as a church we would understand that we are on a mission with you. Like you said, Jesus, to seek and save the lost. Father, that you would do something in our heart as we go along this journey with you, that you would continue to inspire us to pray, to reach out, to love, to serve, to bless, to encourage one another as we go on this journey as a church family. Father, I pray that you would do something deep in our hearts right across Kingdom Faith Church, that we would understand how important it is for you, to you, that those who don't yet know you, that you desire to know them. Father, I love that story about how you left the 99 and you went out for the one. Because once upon a time, Lord Jesus, I was that one. And you rescued me and you rescued everybody in this room. And you desire for people to know you intimately, personally, because you've got a plan and a purpose for our lives. A plan to redeem us, to make us one with you, to love us, to pour your life into us, to give us your kingdom, because you're such a good God. And Father, when we think about it, when we meditate upon it, when we, when we ponder it, how awesome you are, that it would inspire us and bubble up from the inside and not help but overflow and run over as we share the love of Jesus with others. Father, I pray that you would help us be bold and confident, just like those stories, Lord God, that we would not be afraid of being salty, that we would not be afraid of starting conversations or praying for people, knowing that you are right there with us, that you've empowered us with your Holy Spirit so that we can be the witnesses to the world. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly, if you don't know Jesus today, and you've heard me talk about him and the difference that he's made to my life, and you're like, Phil, I don't get it. I, I don't know who this Jesus is. Well, I would love to tell you my story and the difference that he's made to me and to my life and to my family. And I'm not going to embarrass you or get you to put your hand out or anything like that. But I will invite you to just do something too. After the service, which is just about to close now, just going to invite you to come up and talk to me. And I'm happy to answer any of your questions the best way that I can. But I would be happy, more than happy, to tell you about what Jesus has done for me. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you, Colin. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.